Hey, everyone, we are back for another week of exciting rehearsals. And that's right. It's not Jackie. It's not Steven. It's your girl, Nicole. Uh, this week, we're going to wrap up Black History Month with an incredible interview with the legendary Tim Green Sr., Ricardo Robinson Chanel, new Color Guard director, excuse me, Color Guard caption head for the Academy, joins us as our guest host. And we'll find out what made Woody say... They, they recruit you to do something, but then they want you to do it the way they want you to do it, not allowing you to do the thing that brought you in for, what makes you special. And what made Trevor say... Nicole is like, and what made Ricardo say... Your movies. <laughs> like, All this and more. So get out there on the field, and we'll see you back on the sidelines for this week's episode of On a Water Break. Eight off the mat and go. Welcome to On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk everything marching arts. Everyone, bring it in. It's time for a water break. <laughs> Welcome to a special episode of On a Water Break, the podcast where we talk about everything you and your friends are talking about at rehearsal, but on a water break. I'm Nicole Younger. And this is so weird for me to be in this position right now, but I'm loving it so much. So um, I may have to host another show. Mm. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, so uh, we've had a month-long series of interviews and roundtables discussing and celebrating Black History Month and our activity, and I just love the fact that we really get, you know, we really had covered a great cross-section of our activity with our coverage this month. And it was great having our other host come in, too. So this week, we have our guest host, Ricardo, uh, to talk about his new position and what that means for DCI this summer. Uh, We'll also dive into some discussion of the roundtable that Theo did last week with our young black directors and designers. And what a great discussion that was. Uh, But first, let's let's see who's uh, on the sidelines this week. Trevor. (laughs) <laughs> you gonna be uh getting back with the mandarins camp what was how was that Man, it was it was cold and it was rainy in uh, northern california but <laughs> overall it was a bra- uh, brass and drum majors were there at the camp mm-hmm. obviously uh the percussion and uh guard or obviously wgi season is kicking into a uh, full effect here so it was just uh just a horn line all 80 of them um were at the camp and they are ready to go uh, we we finally set the horn line, and um, we've had great retention from last year, and mm-hmm. um, a lot of great talent, you know, came to the door because of the competitive success that we had last year, finishing in the top six for the first time in the course history. And uh, I can't tell <laughs> what the show is. Um, oh, you can't even give us a hint. Oh no! Uh, when when does this air? <laughs> um, <laughs> before the end of the month (laughs) before the end of the month um see just it's gonna be colorful it's going to be a party how about that i'll just put that a party that's how i'll describe it uh yeah (laughs) i love a party i love a party yeah it's gonna be a great season for for the mandarins i think for all of dci in 2024 Oh, that's great. Woody, uh, how are all things East Coast drumming? Any... East Coast drumming is about yeah. to uh, take off. Uh, we just got started. I just got started judging uh, last week, and uh, we're going to be full force. The, uh-huh. You know, we 
the drumline stuff gets started about three or four weeks after the color guard. So, you know, okay. we'll go that way. Oh, so uh, I just want to ask, you have any inside tea you know about anyone's show? Perhaps you can spill something from the United Percussion since Stephen won't. You know, I wish Steve was here because uh, <laughs> because I have been so wrapped up in, in writing and teaching and things like that. Mm-hmm. I haven't paid attention to anybody. I'm like, and until I sat down Saturday to judge a show and I'm like, oh, wow. How about that? okay well now our first guest host is already family because she was already on the amazing round table that theo just had please welcome adriana hafford (laughs) wave to him sis wave to him wonderful to be here (laughs) so how were your kids this weekend did they go out they did we did the willis contest for tcgc and we got second all right okay shout out to the springwoods color guard Uh so we we did our big one this weekend so we're so excited Oh, well, that's good. How do they feel about it? They were, uh, they felt great. They felt great. We left after retreat. Uh, well, before uh-huh. retreat, um, uh-huh. cause I had to get to the Houston regional for Undaunted and I got to tell them on the bus, like just, just me and them yeah. and they were so excited. So, oh. so good. So excited. I love that. Yeah. Oh. Oh. All right. So, okay. We've kept him on the sidelines long enough. Y'all know he don't like to be on the sidelines because he likes to be up on the scaffolding. But it's time to meet our guest host, Ricardo. Bonsoir! Bonsoir! I love it! So, Ricardo, you obviously are a fan of On a Water Break and you listen to us. I am such a fan of On a Water Break. I actually listen to On a Water Break all the time in my car driving to work. So I'm so glad to like be on the show other than just like recording like a little like snippet to go in like a commercial or whatever. I'm just (laughs) be here. This is my fangirl moment. It's coming to fruition. I'm here for it. I'm ready. Okay. Well, then you know that you have to do your 32 count life story. (sighs) Okay. Okay. All right. So they'll have eight off the Met and then you're in. Okay. Okay. So I'm originally from Mississippi. I started spinning at the age of two. I wasn't allowed to be on the color guard at my high school because I was a boy, but all the color guard members came to my house on Saturdays to learn their show. By the time I was a senior in high school, I had a key to my color guard because I was the official director. I was the director of a college program before I graduated high school, went to the University of Southern Mississippi, was drum major and a May spinning drum major and loved doing that. March Spirit of Atlanta and the Cavaliers. And then I marched Pride of Cincinnati. Been living in Florida for 14 years. And I have been at the same school where I am my band director's boss and I teach theater and dance and sex. Okay. I was, I was, let me tell you, I have, I was like, a few weeks ago, I was writing, I was like, oh, I can't wait to be on this show. And I'm like, I have literally been in front of my mirror practicing that, the whole duck, duck, and catch. It shows. That's I, I appreciate that. I'm glad that you guys are. I rehearsed, coach. I rehearsed. <laughs> what do you, would you say? I said, he's lucky that was pretty good because I was going to tell him to reset because he, <laughs> he started early. He started early. Just, reset. 
Can't be ticking, all right? You can't be ticking. No. Bravo, bravo, bravo. That was that was that was a good one. Yeah, that's one of the best ones I've heard. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk the academy position and what is in store this summer. Oh my God! So you know this has kind of been a whirlwind um, the last couple weeks, and I mean obviously Nicole knows about it because Nicole doesn't like to brag, but she is like on my staff as well. Um, But. It's not about me. (laughs) It's about everybody. Hello. Um, But, you know, we're going to do some amazing things at the Academy this summer. It is not the typical um, what you expect of the Academy. Um, It is very elevated, but it is not like beyond and one of those things where you're going to need a dissertation to like enjoy the show. It's just going to be really, really good drum corps. It's going to be an amazing story, um, and the color guard is going to be fabulous, and they're going to spin great. Um, I was at camp a few weekends ago, and the horn mm-hmm. drummers are just like playing, and I, I kind of teared up because I was <laughs> we were oh. a parent preview um, the last like hour of the camp weekend, and to just sit in front of the brass line and hear that brass line brass line sound. Mm-hmm. Um, was a, an emotional wreck. I was crying. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, this is beautiful. And then the color guard got up and spun and they literally were spinning to something that we had just learned a couple of hours before this and they were just living their best lives. And I was like, yeah, this is going to be great. And mm-hmm. I have never done the West Coast for drum <sighs> I, I marched Spirit and I marched uh, Cavaliers. So like uh-huh. I've done the Midwest and like the South thing. So yeah. it's really exciting for me to get to start my drum corps season in California. I'm like, heck yeah. I mean, I know that that's different for you, but what do you think are going to be some challenges that you have, what that you've had or will be moving into this position? Something that, you know, how do you think it's going to be? And then talk about how you got the position. <laughs> I don't know if I should do that. Um, oh, yeah, I mean, you can give us the abridged version. Um, the, the abridged version of how I got the position was um, uh, a friend of mine was selected as the director. Um, and he and I made a promise to each other years ago that if he ever moved into this type of situation, that he, that he and I would do it together. Um, mm-hmm. So we had made all of these grand plans. I did my interview with the executive director of the Corps, um, a couple of board members, and then things kind of went sideways a little bit, if that's a good word to use. Um, and he was no longer there. Um, and so, but the the director just kind of believed in me and, and my vision for what I, I believe for, for these wonderful students that we're going to have at the Academy. And yep. they, they, kind of asked me, they said, hey, you know, we really want you to be here. Um, we know that you are kid first and and I am. So, mm-hmm. um, and I, this has been, I mean, this has been my dream since I was, you know, old enough to know what drum corps was. I wanted to be a caption head. I will tell everyone the story about how I wrote Scott Chandler a letter when I was 12 years old. And I was like, I want to be a color guard instructor just like you and be awesome. <laughs> And Scott Chandler sent me one of the Blue Devil swing flags from. Oh, <laughs> that's so sweet. Yeah. Yeah, that's oh. So, and you know, Shout out have, to Scott Chandler. 
I always a shout out to you. Shout out Scott Chandler. So, I mean, and honestly, Ricardo, we have worked together in so many different you know things like uh, our marching counts the cookout now with the academy um you are an educator and also an inspiration to a lot of people that you come across so honestly uh, academy is so lucky to have you Thank so you. lucky you're welcome I'm glad no one can see me start crying again because my message. Oh. <laughs> hey, that's how we get ratings. Go ahead. <laughs> Let them rip. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> okay, so for those of you who didn't listen to Theo's roundtable discussion, which I will tell you right now, if you have not, you need to stop, you need to go back, and you need to listen to it because it was one of the most realest things. I just felt like I was sitting around a table, like for real, sitting around a round table, listening to people talking. I wanted to chime in so bad, but I wasn't there and it was a recording. <laughs> so that's why. But uh, this past episode, so you need to go back and pause and listen to that and then rejoin us because you would certainly want to talk about it. Adriana, let's start with you. Okay. You were a part of it. So what did you think about the round table last week that you were in? I absolutely loved it. I mean, those are my favorite people. So it was just like we were si- I felt like I was in the, I felt like they was in my dining room. Uh-huh. We was talking, yes, right? And I was like, and then it was over and I was like, wait, but I have more to say. Like I was done. <laughs> I want to keep going all night. I can go all night. But yes, I loved it. Love Theo. Shout out to Jacoby and Michaela. Um, Mm -hmm. We just had a really good time. Really good time. Just talking about our experiences. Have people listened to that recording and like told you? Yes. They have. They have. And then what, what was the, what was that? It was just, you know, like a lot of the undaunted kids, I I did tell them to like, you know, go have a listen because most of them are young directors. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I'm just like, we're talking about some good things on there. Like people don't understand that people have these experiences and you need to listen. Like Mm -hmm. these are real stories. Like this is not something that we made up. Um, So yeah, for sure. If you have not listened, Stop it right now. Go listen. Go listen <laughs> right now. <laughs> Woody, I think that you would love this um, if you have not listened. I did listen, and I have oh. to tell you, I, oh, oh, come on, you think I'm not into the color guard thing? I have to tell you, my whole drumline world comes from the color guard. I, I was a color guard instructor before I was a drum instructor. Oh, and, and I'm a drum instructor first. Wait, wait, wait a minute. You can do a drop spinner too, or three. A lot, right? Side, shaver, dance. You don't think drumline started dancing because they just started dancing (laughs) because of color guard. Well, Mister Woody, need you to come clean some parts. Thank you. (laughs) Get them on your parts. Oh, and, and, and speaking of that, it is pull hit. He is hit. <laughs> I, I was in the car driving. I'm like, well, what in the world? Why would he? It's pull hit. Why? Because you are pulling and hitting. <laughs> I know that's. I'm saying that's what it is. Why would you change it? Oh goodness. So, um, I just wanted to my thoughts on it. Like, it is just so. Um, 
it is so something for me. It, you know, tugs me at, at my heartstrings in a way to feel seen by people I don't know. And to hear you all talk about your experiences uh, in the activity, it almost was like you knew what I was going through. Um, and honestly, back in the day when I was spinning and I, when I was performing, like I literally was seeking out the other like and I call them chocolate drops, like people like me. I was like, where are the rest of the chocolate drops at? Because I don't see them. And if when I, you know, we, we did find each other it was just like, hey, what's your name? How are you? Where are you from? You know, that kind of thing. Uh, so it was really nice to sit and listen to you all talk. and. Um, Honestly, I used to teach Michaela, so it was really nice to hear what she said, too, and everything. So, uh, and it just makes my heart happy to hear and to see that there are Black directors and designers, young ones out there, you know, coming up, and you have such a voice and such a call to these young people that it's it's just inspirational yeah, and right. great. I, I, I thought it was very interesting because it really has, you know, obviously I'm a little bit older than, than everyone sitting here. And it's nice to see it, yeah. it go and grow. But it really is not that drastically different than in the 80s when I, when I was doing it. The same kind of problems were there. They just weren't as magnetized because it wasn't as many of us, you know. It, yeah. it was a very interesting conversation, I thought. I could definitely relate to the whole thing. And also when, you know, the, the thought of it being the young black directors, when I first uh, started United, one of the things that one of my proudest moments was not so much the group, but a couple black kids came up to me and are like, can I have your autograph? Cause we have never seen a black man do an indoor drum line. And yeah, this was like early 2000s. And this is me and my friend uh, Chad Moore. And it was just really wild. Oh. I, it never really passed through my mind like that. But that's what it is. And now you look and you're talking multiple people. I'm like, that, that's cool. Mm -hmm. Oh, gosh, that I'm an emotional person just by nature. So if anyone were to ever do that to me, I would just like start crying and then be like, I'm sorry, I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm a wet tissue too. Uh, Nicole, the more the more you the more we do it, you know, kind of throw ourselves in kind of different um, experiences, different planes uh, mm -hmm. of like the activity that we all love. The more the more exposure we're going to get, and the more those type of students or those type of kids or whatever are gonna you know kind of jump in front of you and, and say those kind of kind of things, and it and it just strikes you. It's like, yeah. oh wow, like. I didn't realize so much, or I didn't realize, right? You, you mm -hmm. didn't realize that how the responsibility that you have, right, Woody? Like, uh, you know, making sure you're doing the right thing and you're teaching the right way, and then you bring it. You're making sure you're not pulling up the ladder after you climb it. That you're helping others, you know, elevate themselves. Uh, position. I have some advice for the, you know, drum corps or auditioning members of WGI groups. The the Winnegard judging panels, DCI judging panels, BOA judging panels, go and recruit these members 
of color, these these black members who uh, performers, color guards, <laughs> who, who are incredibly talented. You have to go to them. You can't just have auditions in Atlanta and expect to go to them. No, you have auditions mm-hmm. at their high schools. <clears throat> you have you have yep. auditions for drum corps on HBCU campuses. Like you have, you go, you you find those outstanding black educators and you put them in DCI roles and let them judge finals night, like the Mark Hoskins of the world and the Alfred oh. Hawkins of the world, right? Like you have to, those people exist. You don't yeah. make compromises to the level of excellence to hire these people. That's what a lot of people think. Like, oh, we're just hiring them just because. No, these, no. People, these people are excellent at what they do. And all they need is the opportunity to showcase their excellence that they normally don't get. So I want to encourage all my friends, all my colleagues, all the listeners of the podcast to go out there and to really invest and give opportunities to to people, young, middle age and older, to to be in this activity, to judge it, to teach it, to write for it, and just watch how how inspiring that is to to the young, to the next young generation who we want to see further participate in the like like Ricardo like I'm I'm pretty sure like how inspiring is it to you to like see someone like Woody because it's incredibly inspiring to me. Oh, <laughs> absolutely inspiring to me. Great this is one of those things where we don't think about it, but you know the whole phrase: "If you see them, you can be them." And I, I did not see that. I fortunately, my first year marching drum corps, when I walked into uh, Jacksonville State University for to audition for Spirit, the first person that, that greeted me was Rodney Bailey, and oh, yes. that was just like the biggest, warmest hug for me. And, and I spent this weekend. Rod, Rodney was given critique for my kids this weekend. And just to be able to see somebody like doing the thing that I love doing at the highest level, I was like, I can do that. I can be this person whenever I grow up, you know? And that's kind of my focus, like with with my kids and, and all of that. I, I teach at a predominantly white school um, and there's not that many black people. For the longest, I was the only black teacher on campus at school. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I felt that I always had to make sure that the Black students on, on campus saw me and know that I was there and that there was a place for them to come. If you need to, to experience some of the culture, come to this place in and, and our Color Guard room and we're going to take you in and we're going to have the culture and we're going to experience other cultures and we're all going to be a family together because that that's that's what we should be doing. That's how That is how the world should be. Exactly. Exactly. Preach. Yes. Great job, everyone. Set your equipment down. Touch and go. All right. So now we are going to do our gush and goes. Okay. So you're going to gush and go about something that you're excited about. All right. And you want us, you want to let everybody else know about. So Woody, what do you want to gush and go about? Oh, I tell you what, I, I, <laughs> I was excited to get back out on a, uh, on the, on the judging scene, you know, uh, much like uh, Trevor was talking about, my latest goal was to go national. And uh, because uh, talking to some people, they mentioned the same thing. It's not enough of us participating at that. And so every chance I can get out on the floor and hone my craft, I- I'm very happy about it because I want to be as good at that as I was a snare drummer. All right. Okay. 
Yes. Trevor, where do you want to gush and go about? Just a couple of quick things. Um, <laughs> less than a month. You see, I'm gushing already. Less than a month. <laughs> Um, I am um, taking my band, the Western Carolina University, the Proud of Mountains Marching Band, and about 250 of my excited members overseas. And we're we're marching in the um, St. Patrick's Day Parade in Dublin, Ireland. Can I go? Can I go? So, you know, go Cats. And then the second thing, I want to wish everyone luck on the upcoming WGI season. Um, it's going to be awesome. Perform your tails off. And we're basically three months away from drum corps move-ins, from DCI move-ins for the, the start Ooh, of the 2024 no, season. So I'm it's right around the corner. So those are the three things I want to gush about. Oh, that's awesome. All right. <clears throat> Adriana. I would love to gush over Undaunted. Um, we got our uniforms and we pulled out the floor. They were just amazing this weekend. Um, Christmas. We, we're doodling. We are doodling out there. We are doodling. So I just want to gush over them. Shout out to Eddie, Jacoby, and Jackie Charo. Um, they're just doing such a phenomenal job, and I love creating with them and working with them. So I just want to gush over my friends. I love you. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I love it. I love it. And Ricardo, what do we want to gush over? What do you want to gush over? Oh, I'm so excited because this weekend we, as in Brain River High School, is hosting um, our FFCC competition. And I'm very excited. Um, the 55 teams going to be on campus. Brain River taking over. Putting <laughs> on the grass, which uh, anybody that, well, nobody knows this outside of it. Like, un- there's a rule at school where the kids can't walk on the grass at the school. It was started when the school was founded. It was like a thing. It's kids get detention for it, whatever. But it's always fun on um, our color guard show day because <laughs> all the guest color guards come and warm up in the grass on campus. And all the kids that are from our school, like, oh, my God, they're in the grass. <laughs> so I'm really excited about that. Um, and just. Where I'm a week away, two weeks away from the Orlando Regional and just preparing Ooh. for that. And it is, it's a good time. <laughs> hey, it's called like Gush that. and Go, not Gush and Stay. Let's go. <laughs> okay, everyone, let's get back out onto the field. We have Ricardo ready to teach everyone the good high step so we can be ready for our HBCU debut. Mm. <laughs> so we'll be right back after Woody talks to Tim Green Sr. Hey everyone, it's Jeremy, and here are your announcements coming from the box. You want to drink up on a water break lost in translation with Cynthia Bernard? Uncover the glitz and glamour of twirlers with on a water break in rhinestones hosted by Lexi Duda? Get the insider scoop from the stands with on a water break from the stands with Cindy Berry, aka Leander Mama, and join the band family in on a water break family style with Stephanie Click, plus much, much more to come. Don't miss our recent episode celebrating Black History Month with insightful roundtables and amazing guests. And guess what? Women's History Month is just around the corner. Make sure to follow us on social media at On A Water Break for all the latest updates and bonus content. Got something to share or a burning question? Email us at onawaterbreakpodcast at gmail.com. So don't be the person that doesn't tell their friends about a water break. 
Make sure everyone stays hydrated. Okay, field staff, take it away. Let's reset. Today, we are going to talk with Tim Green Sr. And uh, (laughs) the applause, all the people love you, people love you. So listen, Tim, so everyone can know who we're talking to, how about you give us your life story in 32 counts? 32 counts, okay. (sighs) Wait for the metronome. All right, I was born and raised in the Bronx, New York. Born in 1978, uh, started drum corps in 1992, uh, aged out in 2000 with the world champion cadets. Uh, since then, I've been teaching off and on drum and bugle corps, Boston Crusaders, Blue Stars, Crossmen, and now I am a music educator in uh, Houston, Texas, with my wife and four kids and a dog. I am currently an educational representative consultant for BAC Music, and I'm starting my own drum school. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> you did better than me. <laughs> you did much better than me, my friend. So, listen, you know, we brought you in here today. Obviously, we know what February is. And uh, here on the waterfront, on the waterfront. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> uh, we want to uh, take a few moments to talk to some of our our people of color in the activity, and uh, I thought of you. I thought you'd be a great, a great, uh, great interview. So you know, I just want to hit you up with a couple questions, and we'll go from there. How's that sound? Sounds good to me, man. Thanks for having me on the on the podcast. Well, yeah, thank you. Uh, no problem. You're welcome. Thanks for being here. So, listen. First off, I didn't know you were that young, man. We've known each other for a long time. That mm-hmm. the years yes, have become great. I'm like. <laughs> Yes, sir. yes, sir. I'm in the prime of my life right now. You better watch out, Woody. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm setting off to the twilight, my friend. Hey. So, listen, uh, you know, real interested in this HBCU thing, and I know that you're very big into it, and uh, and I know you're also into the DCI thing, so I'd like to, for you to talk a little bit about both. Well, I can talk about my drum corps experience first because they they kind of bleed into my um, HBCU experience. After I aged out with the cadets, I started teaching Boston Crusaders in 2001. And then I didn't return in 2002 just because, um, you know, it just wasn't a good fit. And as a result, I started teaching at a, you know, I went back, I went back home, went to New York, and I started teaching with the Brooklyn Steppers marching band. Now, Brooklyn Steppers Marching Band was a traditional style marching band or HBCU style marching band in Brooklyn that I had never heard of until like 2002. And, you know, I've been drumming in the city forever, but I never I never heard of Brooklyn Steppers. But one of my former students, his name is Alex Blake III, who was um, a Quint player. He was a Quint player for me. And then he went on to march Blue Devils a few years. But um after I came back from Boston, he was like, hey, you got to come and teach my, 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 my group. I was like, what group were you talking about, Alex? He was like, the, the Brooklyn Steppers. I was like, okay, well, I'll go down there and see what it's like. You know, I, I'm pretty confident in my ability to, you know, 
teach people how to play drums. You know, I've been doing it for a while. So I go down there and these kids, man, when I tell you it's energy for days, energy for days, man. I mean, they are all about performing and just crazy energy. And I'm, I'm listening and I'm looking and I'm listening to them. I'm like, wow, they, they have a lot of energy. It's just not very for, you know, it's, it's very, it's messy. It's not, it's not, it's not focused. Yeah. It's not focused. So I was like, wow, well, what if I could take a little bit of what I do or what I've done and, you know, combine it with what they've already got going on. And that's the first thing I told them when I got the job, I was like, well, listen, I don't want to change anything that you guys are doing. I just want to add to it because I think that what you're doing is great. And I, I see that you guys are having a great time doing it. I just want to give you my input and to help you do what you do a little bit better. And they were they were all about it. Um, and from that, I mean, that sparked my interest in the HBCU style of band. And, you know, with this group, we traveled all up and down 95, Atlanta, Virginia, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Florida. You know, so we did, we did a lot of performances that were primarily in the HBCU realm against other HBCU um, programs. So right. that was my initial exposure into the HBCU life. And as a result of my drum corps experience mixed with their energy and input and, and visual prowess with, with the kids, man, we were able to, I, we were able to secure the best drum line in the country in their venue. Like in high school, I had junior high school kids and high school kids that were out drumming college kids. Right, right, we, right, we, right. We go to a, we go to a HBCU battle of the bands and my kids are drumming like just as well, if not better than the college lines that are there and the college lines, they're turning heads, you know, they're like what, what are you guys, what are you feeding them? You know? So we, we had a stretch where we went maybe four years without losing a single drum contest that we ever went to. And yeah, man, it was serious. It was it was serious, man. And so, and what I was able to do with what, what the kids were able to do with these newfound abilities, you know, we were superheroes. But um, <laughs> what they were able to do was now, like, it was always a, an educationally driven program where the kids would go on to HBCUs and you know they would participate in their drum line. But now you got these kids who are now they're technically proficient as well as you know versed in HBCU style drumming. So not only are they going to these HBCUs, but now they're going to them with full scholarships. With now every every student that I sent off to college, they're the section leader. They're not just a regular person. You know what I mean? So right, right. That 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 in itself humbled me and just made me really appreciative of the the program that we had going on in Brooklyn. You know, you're doing something that I when I watch those programs, you talk about the energy and you've done something that I I would love to do to fuse the two worlds together because I know that uh, if I if I could get a hold of those kids, I could change I could change the activity again, and I would mm-hmm. love to love to. So I, I I think that's very cool. That's very cool. So when you you know were you know, younger as a musician. Did you always intend to be a professional musician or just was drum corps a hobby or just kind of morphed to where you are now? So I kind of knew, and it's it's weird that you say this, Woody, because in the 10th grade, I knew I was going to be a drum teacher 
or a music teacher. And it kind of got thrusted in my lap because when I got, when I got to 10th grade, I was, I, my, my ninth grade year was, was a, 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 a fluke year. I wasn't at a performing arts high school. I was, you know, I applied for high school late. So I got into a really bad high school with some, some, you know, not so nice people. And, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the ideal high school for me, but Mr. Ira Shankman, who was the uh, musical director at Stevenson High School, he was also the musical director at um, All City High School Marching Band. He saw me playing and he's like, well, where are you going to school? And I was like, I go to, uh, I forgot the name of the school, Smith or something like that. He's like, no, you don't. You're going to Stevenson. I was like, uh, okay. Because all, all my friends went to the performing arts school. So right. I was like, he was like, well, you're going to Stevenson. So I was like, okay, well, what do I got to do? He was like, uh, give me all your information. He took care of it. So my, my sophomore year, I'm going to Stevenson. So I walk in the hall. And I, I I very rarely tell this story because it sounds too like 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 something out of a movie. But listen like to fame. this. Like it sounds too much like fame, huh? Right. Listen, listen, Woody, when I tell you this, man, listen. All right. So I walk in the I walk in the building, first day of school, first day in the band program. I walk into school and uh, one of the kids, his name was Teddy, who was a senior at the time, he's walking around with gold sticks. So me, my third my what, 15-year-old self, I'm like, man, he's got gold sticks. He must be good. <laughs> Little did I know, but that wasn't the case. But anyway, so we get to the, the band rehearsal and they're running through some of the band tunes. It was a small marching band. They're running through some of the band tunes. And I'm like, he's like, well, what do you play? I was like, well, I, play, I played snare in junior high school and I played bass drum and drum corps, but I was going to play snare. So he's like, hey, just, hey, I'll just give you a snare. So he gave me a snare and we're going, he's, we walk to the auditorium and they're like, okay, the band's going to play a song. And then after they play it, they're gonna play it again. Don't play the first time, you play the second time, okay? So it's like, all right, cool. So they're playing the song and it, you know, it's traditional band song. It has a little, some nice little wind hits like bam, 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 bam. Now those wind hits are empty. You know, there's nothing in between to set those things up. So my little, my little drum corps mom was like, hmm, what can I do with that? So. <laughs> So those wind hits come around again. I know it is. I know it is coming, even after only hearing the, the song one time. So they're playing the music, and then they, they get to that part with the wind hits, and they go, bah, I go, they're like, the whole band stops what they're doing. I'm like, what is that? What's going on? Everybody's looking at me, and I'm like, what? I was playing along. They were like, everybody's like, you the section leader now. You the section leader. And from that day on, man, I was the section leader for the drum for the drum line in my high school. <laughs> no, I, I I I can relate to that. My high school career was similar to that. The only thing, I went to the city, uh, you know, music magnet school, and it was its first year. I left and went back to my other high school because right. it was so unorganized. So. We both love drum corps. You know, we've done many a parking lots together. Mm -hmm. I'm going to hit you with, with two tough questions. The first one would be, if you had your choice of doing a DCI line or HB line, which one are you going with? As far as teaching? Yeah. Oh, I'm teaching HBCU line. Every uh, day, okay. Okay, okay. Not, nothing wrong with it, you know? I, so, I, yeah, I mean... I wanted, you, I don't, you remember what we had with the cadets in New York City and the Kips Bay nightclub. It was a bunch of, a bunch of, a bunch of us in the same program. 
And like, I, I kid you not, Woody, I told those guys, I, there was one year where we could have we could have went nine snares, four quints, five bass. And I was like, man, if you, all of you guys stay, this is, I'm not going back to cadets. I want to be here. But they freaked out. And I was like, you know, I'm, I would, I would, I, I got to finish out my age up. Y'all, y'all flaking too much, so I just left. But yeah, right, all day, okay. every day. All right, right on. And then my next hard question is, you ready? Yep. Obviously, you marched in one of the greatest eras of the cadets, right? Mm-hmm. But I'm going to ask you this question. If given a chance to march one more time, who are you going with? Um, that is a very good question. So, because <laughs> we've talked about some good stuff, man. Yeah. So, I, I I would I think I would go BD just for the experience, man. Because they were just so laid back and just like they rehearsed maybe a third of the time that the cadets did, and they used to whip our ass. <laughs> so, so I might want I might want to try that. You know, my wife my my, my wife marched BD, so don't don't tell her I said that. Uh, okay, right on, right on. Oh, that must make for a, a great marriage conversation. Huh? Oh, absolutely, all the time. <laughs> and then uh, my next tough question, like I said, we've done a lot of parking lots together, brother. Mm-hmm. Name one of your fa- your f- most favorite parking lot drum lines. Favorite parking lot drum lines, I would have to say Cadets 1994. Cadets yeah, Cadets 94. It was something about that book, something about the, that line. Just, man, I used to rewind and play and rewind and play just until I got all the parts down. And man, it, it was just like, you could see the technique even in the dark. It was just, it's something it, like just Tom's writing. It, that was one of the years that I, I decided that I was going to be a cadet. You know? Uh, that's funny because I would have gone a year before. 93. Yeah, man. Mm-hmm. We talking '93? I would go star. Oh, see, the drum corps, yes. The drum line, no. I love the, Don't get me wrong. I love the star drum line. Uh huh. But the the way the cadet the cadets presented their program, mm-hmm. was, they made it look so effortless, and you know the notes were insane. I love mm-hmm. it. Love yeah. it. So moving on. Moving on. Uh, I don't, you know, obviously the HBCU thing has a, you know, a stigma of being a black, black only kind of group thing. But I've noticed over the last couple of years, you know, uh, you're starting to see a lot more Caucasian people in it. Do you think that's a good thing, bad thing? You found that it's great? What, what's oh, the deal? I mean, drumming is drumming. I mean, HBC, the just the term HBCU, is it stands for Historically Black College and University. So genuinely, genuinely, you're going to see, generally you're going to see more black kids participating because it's a historical black, historically black college and university. I think that the fact that some of these lines are now, or the bands and just arts programs in general are getting more notoriety, more recognition. I think that is becoming, making it more attractive to everyone and not, just black people, and I think that that's great. I, I, I feel think like fantastic. Yeah, I feel like you know the arts is is open to everyone. That's a universal language, so it's never be limited to just one race. So the more people to do it, the better. 
and and with that being said, you know, from the era we came from, uh, not a lot of people of color marched in DCI drum corps. Mm. Now, mm. when you step back and look, it's starting to happen. You know, how do you? What do you say about that? You because you know how hard it was for you to get from the city to X Y Z. Now these people are getting in fluently. How do you feel about that? So, I feel like DCI and just just those elite elite art or, arts organizations in general have have become and are becoming more of an elitist activity to where it's becoming it's becoming financially prohibitive like it's becoming cost prohibitive because not everybody has the 5 and 6000 dollars to spend or to to spare for a summer program that you're not getting paid for really you know and and I feel like it was it was a little bit easier back in the day, it, and even in that easy, it, even in that ease, there was still only a handful of us in every organization, you know. And I feel like that that number is is I don't I don't feel like that percentage has gone up. I feel like it has maintained its steady uh, inclusion, but I think that there's more. It's we're taking more notice of it now, so it's you know. I, I tell you why I think it, it, it seems like it's more because, you know, when we were in it, the color guard thing just was not a a activity for women of color. Mm-hmm. And and I, you know, in the late, you know, late 70s, eight, early 80s and stuff like that just wasn't. And but now you, you see a lot more of it, especially in the, in the winter guard scene and, and everything. That's you know that's why I just had that as as being a person to sit back and see it all happen over the decades. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of I'm kind of happy to see it happen because uh, I remember what it was like to be alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I think on the color guard side, I think it's way more and inclusive than um, on the musician side. I, I just that's just me. I, I don't. I definitely see more on the color guard side than I do with the musicians, but it, it's still, you know, proportionate. Like it's still not even close, you know. Now we're gonna shift gears on you one more time. I like to do that. Keep you on your toes. Hey, you know I'm good with that. Who's your favorite music artist? Oh man, my favorite music artist would have to be Snarky Puppy. Oh really? Okay. Yeah. Right. Like I love me some Snarky Puppy, man. Lionel Lewis and. Whoever else be playing on them drums, boy. But like my favorite musical, like I guess pop or I'm a, I'm a huge Michael Jackson fan. Oh, all right, all right. Oof. I mean, he made it that you couldn't you could not be, right? Right, basically, man. <laughs> That's why he's the king. No. Yes, sir. So if you only had one more album to buy in life, you're going for a snarky puppy, huh? Yeah, I probably would. Yeah, it's just it's it's different, man. It's 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 a groove that is not so. It's not a. It's not whammy. You got to kind of think about the groove a little bit sometimes. But it's it's, it's smooth, not, man. It's not funk, but it's not jazz. Yes, yeah, it's that jazz fusion. Yeah, yeah, it yes, they, it is a nice nice thing, and I love the brass brass arrangements. You know, the yes. wind arrangements on top of that. And then they have those little specialty instruments that create those, you know, different antiphonal sounds. Woo! Yeah, man. I love yeah, it. I, 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 I love them myself. Now, with the snarky puppy or in groups like that, 
did they influence any of your writing? I know myself, you know, the artists that I listen to definitely influence how I write stuff. Yeah. So, yeah, I listen. So my writing, I I, I used to do this. I used to uh, listen to um, John Paul, uh, reggaeton. I used to say reggaeton, listen to him. And then um, Q, uh, Q-Tip has this, uh, another song that I, like, I used to listen to songs that are in the feel of something that I want to write. So that I wrote a piece when this is when I was with South Carolina State University. I wrote a piece actually called Reggaeton. And in order to get kind of you know myself in that that feel and get all the the, the, nu- the nuances associated with Reggaeton, I would listen to nothing but John Paul all day, every day. Just all of his albums, all the albums that come up be- because I'm listening to John. You know, just to try to inundate myself with Reggaeton. And then as a result, it kind of it played itself out in the in the arrangement that I was in the arrangements. Yes, yes, the rhythms, the rhythms, and the syncopation, and all those mm-hmm. things have to work together. No, yes, I, yeah, I, I, I do the same thing. I, you know, it freaks a lot of drum corps people out. You know, when you listen to these funky things, because they're like, I don't understand what that is. <laughs> I can't help you, man. You, you got to get with it. Yeah, you got to get some swag about you, man. <laughs> So uh, let me see if I let me let me uh, check with my producer. I have enough time for another question. Oh, we're good. Oh, okay. All right. Producer says we we're good. Looks like we're <laughs> all right. So uh, you know, at one time I, there was rumor that Tim Green was going to bring the HBCU world to WGI. Yes, Is that sir. Still a thing or. Or what? Yes, that is absolutely still a thing. Okay, so I started. This is this is probably the the thing that will be or is becoming my baby, right? It's called the Southern Percussion Ensemble, and what it what it is it's it's the the idea is that we get nothing but HBCU students that have an interest in WGI music or WGI performing, and they we collectively get an ensemble together together to compete in WG. I already have like the first three shows in my head, Woody. This is how, this is how, this is where I am right now. And by the, by the third show, we are world. Okay. By the third show, we are world. We'll start somewhere else, but by the third show, if not soon, if they don't bump us up before that, cause you know, we got some hands. If, if we, if we, you know, if we start off in like open or a, I, I don't care. I just want to make a scene, but I started this the I I started this in um, 2019, and then COVID happened. Yeah, right. So in the meantime, we were just like kind of hosting drum party uh, drum competitions online, trying to gain interest. We did a camp in Atlanta, not very well attended, just because the, the the name hadn't been out there long enough. You know, my name has been out there long enough, but it's there's there's this, a stigma associated with auditioning for a WGI group that I don't know that just Kind of turns. I know what you mean. I know what you yeah. mean. So, so, and Chad's been helping me too. He's been helping me with some like budgeting stuff, and you know, trying to give me the the, the behind the scenes stuff. So, and then after COVID, my daughter got really sick, and so we were trying to start up again. And my daughter got really sick, and then everything you life got to go on the back burner for that. I gotta you know, I gotta take care of family first. But so now, with, this brings me to actually where I am right now. So. 
the idea was to get a bunch of people that have already been playing, who already have an interest, who already have some training, and make them have them create an ensemble. But right now, that's proving a little bit harder than than that I want it to be. So I'm gonna start my I'm starting my own drum school out in Houston, and I'm gonna I'm gonna start with elementary, middle, and high school kids. And once they get to the to the to the level where they're ready to compete, guess what? We're gonna jump in there. And here's the, here's the difference. So I want to bring an HBCU style line as far as snares that are not necessarily on hornets, but they could have slings, bass drums, tenor drums, single tenor drums, some quints, uh, some, and with all of the traditional front ensemble equipment. And then we're going to play some stuff that you hear on the radio, but done, but done the way that we would do it, you know? So it's going to be familiar. But it's also going to be nice. Yeah, I got an applause for that. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's the dream. That's the vision. That's that's the purpose. That's where I am right now. That's what I'm I'm working towards. Uh, that sounds pretty righteous, man. I I really wish you good luck with that. And uh, we're gonna have to wrap it up there. So my producer saying that the, we're gonna have to get back on the field. The water break is over, my friend. And thank you, Tim Green. And uh, back to you. All right. Thanks for having me, buddy. Hey, this is Christine Ream and Chris Green. Guard Closet was founded as a consignment business in 2000. Since then, it has grown to include winter guard, band, percussion, and other genres. We can help you with custom flag and costuming designs. Our consignment inventory has plenty of great looks for your color guard, drumline, and marching band. Pay it forward. When you purchase consignment, you help other programs. Last year, we sold over 400 sets of consignments and returned over $125,000 in payments to our consigners for their sales. Additionally, Guard Closet offers custom and pre-designed costumes, flags, floors, and formal wear, full or partial show writing, educational programming, and other services. Max out your rehearsal time and set up a microsite for easy student ordering for shoes, gloves, and other equipment. The Guard Closet team is here to help you get everything you want and need for your season. Check us out at guardcloset.com and follow us on social media. Okay, Woody. So tell us what you thought of your interview and why did you grab Tim? Hey, you know, um, I've known Tim for quite some time. Uh, mm-hmm. Our our drum corps career sort of crossed paths. I'm a little older than him. So while he was getting into me, I was just exiting out. And uh, we really never got a chance to do much together. We did a project at, with the New York Knicks. But other than that, we've never done anything. So it was real exciting to have him. I thought it would be a really good interview. And it turns out that it was. All right. Oh, I will tell you, I've been really enjoying the uh, interviews that you've done this month. They've been really good. I really appreciate you, uh, you know, joining our little family and coming on. That's all my talk radio listening I do. <laughs> well, it's paying off. There you go. <laughs> Okay, everybody, we are starting a new segment this week where we just kind of go off on some things that have been bugging us in the marching arts world, and we're calling it 
What are we doing? So. What are we doing? <laughs> that. Trish. <laughs> what are we doing? All right. So, Woody, I always love starting with you. I got to uh, go with you. I see. I see. Asian for beauty, huh? I got you. I got you. I, I tell you what, I, I was thinking about this uh, when we were looking at the script, and I said, you know what? I have a personal grief. Uh, again, you know, I, I, I'm a little bit older. So when I teach with younger people, I don't have the same jargon. I don't move at the same speed, definitely, because they have to, uh, how can I, we have to power up and meet make a decision. I can look at it and go, no, that's not going to work. And, you know, it bugs me when they're like, can you say set first? No, come on, let's go. You know, like all these little words, same assignment. No, do it again. Let's go. Come on. No, that wasn't right. Let's go. Come on. You got to know where you came from, man. And that's exactly what you're doing. I know. And I I know it's, it's definitely the jargon of today, but if you came into my program and I know that you're putting out quality, I'm not going to touch the way you do your quality. Right. And I guess it bothers me that when you go to another program, they they recruit you to do something, but then they want you to do it the way they want you to do it, not allowing you to do the thing that <laughs> brought you in for, what makes you special. You know, like, right. you know what? I, I don't handle myself on a, even with my kids at school, on a strict, squared, uh, you know, disciplined thing. I'm right. very, very, uh, very friendly with my my kids. They they feel like they can come to me and talk to me, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of weird for especially for younger people with all the problems we've been having and the activity, whatever. But you know, over the years, I know how to keep that line. I know some people cannot. And my magic of working with kids and getting them to do things is to create trust before anything. So I don't get trust from demanding it. It comes naturally. And why do they always come to you? Because they trust me because I approach it much differently than you. That's all. I'm done. (laughs) I love it. I love it. All right, Trevor, tell me. Um, I just want to (laughs) say... To all the high schools and colleges and community centers and all this kind of stuff, if you book a group to, you know, come into your school or, you know, host a show, can you please, they, they, can, they can take the reservation and hold the reservation, but can you make sure you fulfill it? And wow. facilities, it's so hard to secure for facilities for camps, for, you know, summer move-ins, for shows, for whatever, whatever we have to do. And if we can't have a place where these students can come and thrive and perform at the highest level, like it, it makes it very difficult. And I want to encourage mm-hmm. all those high schools and colleges and art centers that host all these big events and small events alike to honor the commitment. They can they can take the reservation, but honoring it, honoring the reservation is a is is another thing. That's my Seinfeld reference. So um, <laughs> I love it. So so that that's that's what's been bugging me a, a, a little bit lately. Yes. Oh, okay. Mm. 
All right. Adriana. My what are we doing? What are we doing? Is <laughs> why don't we have uniforms for the boys? Mm. We need to make sure that we're including the boys. Preach. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's my what are we doing? We gotta we gotta make sure we're inclusive to everybody. Don't get me started. I could go all night now. <laughs> all right, Ricardo, you tell me. Okay, so I, you know, as an avid listener to the podcast, I have been preparing for this one for a while as well. Okay, so I love the fact that social media has brought a level um, of exposure to Color Guard that would never be done before. But what are we doing with the fact that all of these kids watch these people do tricks online and they go, I want to do that, but we cannot get through eight counts of drop stands oh. on people. Oh, I just, I would, what, I, what, what, can we go back to technique block mm. and learn? actually spin before we start trying to spin, do a toss and roll on the ground and catch and our booties. Like, can we just go through and like figure out where count one is? Yeah, we do spin. We do full hit. And not let the flagpole hit the ground. Can we start there? Mm. Mm. Yes. All of those things. Y'all have hitting like, yes, 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 yes. Nicole is like, and what made Ricardo say, right? I mean, come on. I, I mean, I love it. I think it's great. I think it's great that we have this exposure. I think that kids can connect. I definitely think it is pushing our kids, but we are forgetting the foundation and kids want, it's the, I call it the Amazon generation mm. because on Amazon and it can be delivered to your house the next day. I like like that. they think that automatically, oh, I just watched this color guard video on YouTube and now I can do this even though I can't spin at all, period. I'm over go, go learn how to spin and then try the trick. Learn how to catch a quad and then let's figure out how to turn and all this other stuff underneath it and catch in your booty. I don't, like, please. Okay. Please. You're killing me. Oh, goodness gracious. All right, let's keep, keep going. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Y'all, you know, it's time for the news. <laughs> I've always wanted to start this and actually use a voice that is supposed to be on the news, but I can't keep going like that without giggling. So <laughs> we're not going to. However, I am going to start this off by saying, y'all, uh, the HBCU that was in Usher's halftime show. Can I say yeah? Mm. Oh my God! Come on, Sonic Boom of the South. Come on, Jackson State. Oh my! Sonic Boom of the South. Right, and I mean, well, first of all, yes, Big Sonic Boom, the South, Jackson State University. They made their surprise appearance, and they looked so 
good out there. They accompanied Usher on the field as he performed the highlights of two decades worth of Super Bowl um, halftime stages in Las Three Vegas. Decades. Three. Three decades. Three. Oh, my goodness. The director of bands, uh, his name is Roderick Little. Uh, he issued a letter to Rock Nation, Apple Music, the NFL, Usher, Apple Music, just thanking everyone um, for the opportunity to perform, like just giving the accolades out. Yes. you got to say thank you. you got to say thank you. Um, so Usher, the NFL, Apple Music, Rock Nation, um, they thank them for the opportunity to share the world's largest stage with one of the most iconic performers of all time. And they had a blast. Um, they spent 10 days in Vegas. Um, it was rewarding for them and their students in the program in preparation for the show. And it will not be forgotten. There's been so many times when I have had like in the last, I would say last 10 years, I've had friends perform in those Super Bowl halftime shows, whether they were playing their drum, uh, spinning, you know, an air blade, dancing. And now it's a whole marching band. Um, not saying that I know anybody at Sonic Boom, but now I want to. So Sonic Boom, shout out your girl. Well, we're working Please. on that, Jackie. We, we are working on that. I, I, I got a, I got a line in there, so we're working on it. Okay. All right. Oh. Don't forget Nicole Younger. For my entire life, I've always wanted to be a J-Set. Ooh. <laughs> J-Set. <laughs> Love it. Give me some sequence, please. Okay. Um, so let's see. Not only were they on the stage with, uh, you know, with you know, Usher, but also it was Little John, uh, Big Crit, Pastor Troy, um, John Pistine. Like there's been so many people that have been right on that stage um, from Motown's 30th anniversary to the NBA All-Star Game to the NCAA CP Image Awards and the inauguration of Mr. Joe Biden. Like this is all of the places that the sonic boom has been. They have definitely made themselves known, not just in the marching band world and HBCU, but like an actual household name, which it needs to be. And another other HBCUs need that too. Um, they have just been getting out there making like it a community. They're making the HBCU community a global stage. So everyone knows who they are. As someone who grew up in Mississippi, I, my grandfather took me to every Jackson State home football game. So I grew up with the Sonic Boom. I was supposed to be a drum major at Jackson State. Ooh. I was that was supposed to be my like like journey in life. I mean, the athleticism that these people, these wonderful young mm -hmm. go through every week. I have gone to a rehearsal. I've seen them out marching across campus at midnight. Like they are athletes to be able to do the stuff that they do and the energy from start to finish. Nobody does it better. Nobody does it better. Oh. Yeah, so good. Yeah, congratulations to Roderick and his amazing staff, right? And his student leaders and everyone in the, in the community support and the university support they have. Keep it up. Go support the program even more. Just because they're doing great things, that doesn't mean they don't need your help. Go help buy them new drums and new uniforms and donate money to the program and to that scholarship fund so that Nets future performer can be there you know, ten years, uh, ten years from now, when they get probably another chance to perform for another Super Bowl, because they, like you said, they they knocked it out of the park. Mm -hmm. So inspiring. Love it. All right, Woody, you got the next one. 
Oh, of course. <laughs> you really bothered me. I went before me. you. I went before you. You really bothered me. No. So, <laughs> guess what, Nicole? Uh, the National Battle of the Bands will be uh, premiering in Houston on February 1st. Uh, Pepsi's running this uh, thing here, and it's not the first time, second or third. It's the fourth uh, movie uh, in the series. So, And it's all about uh, HBCU uh, bands and this big, giant uh, competition sp sponsored by Pepsi. That's Very exciting. Uh, at when you uh, when you look at some of the names, it, it's incredible. We got uh, Florida A and M Marching mm -hmm. One Hundred. We got uh, Langston University. Uh, we have Mississippi Valley. I didn't even know they were the green, the mean green machine marching machine. <laughs> well, we have Norfolk State. Oh. Yes. We have uh, Southern University. Ready for this? The Human Jukebox. <laughs> I laughed when I heard that. <laughs> uh, Tennessee uh, State and Southern uh, Texas Southern University Ocean of Soul Marching Band. Uh, I wonder what's happening there. And last <laughs> but not least, it's uh, Virginia State University Troy Marching Explosion. Yeah, so um, that's huge. Yeah, you know, we, I mean, like being on the other side of this, and we all know this because I think at some point we all march core style, but I don't think we've ever been to a show that was sponsored by Pepsi. Never. It, these HBCU Battle of the Bands, they get like big names to sponsor their shows Pepsi, Toyota, like they go big. Go big, big. And they always sell out their facilities. It's not like a traditional core style, like, you know, uh, maybe like a DCI show, a Winter Guard show. It's like, oh, just half the stands are sold out. Like, no, they'll go inside the Georgia Dome and sell out the Georgia Dome. People will pay money to watch them from the opposite side. <laughs> They're not going in there. Mm. It's I'm one of those people. <laughs> she said, I'm one of those people. Major. <laughs> yes. I've always wanted to be inside because I've always watched the, the videos. I want to go, like, because I, I hear that it is an experience. It's not just going to, like, watch everybody and, you know, see them perform. It is an experience. They put on a show. That's what I hear. Hey, hey, get this. The organizers have generated... $1.3 million in scholarships for the participating colleges and universities. How about that, huh? Dang, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if you want to know more, www.nationalbattleofbands.com and you can get all the history. Wow. Back that's awesome. You. Back to you, Nicole. <laughs> well, thank you, Woody. <laughs> I appreciate you. <laughs> Oh, he gonna be sick of me. Um, all right, Ricardo, what you got for us? Hello, Nicole. I'm live on the scene. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. So uh, I am so excited. This is so funny. So I I got first wind of this story uh, by looking at TikTok, and I will tell everyone I have a I have a baby sister. When I say she's a baby, she's in college right now. Mm -hmm. um, and she lives in Arkansas. And so I got this video of this amazing young woman 
um, who came off of the homecoming court and then ran up onto the podium in her gown to conduct her university marching band. And it is the drum major from Arkansas State University. Her name is Alondria Maddox. I thought that my sister went to Arkansas State. My sister actually goes to Arkansas Tech. So I sent her this video and I was like, oh my God, do you know this girl? Because she is amazing and she is beautiful. Uh, But she's making history as the university's first African-American female drum major. Go on, girl. Yeah, I know. know. You better do it, girl. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, you know, she she's her statement. She says, you know, and people you're like the first African-American woman. She's like, yeah. So like you're a history major and you're making history, which I think is so awesome. Uh (laughs) You know, you are. She is that person on that campus that is actually going down in the books for something as being the first. Now, I must say, I hate that it is 2024 and we are having a first. But I'm also glad that such a young and wonderful, deserving, young, amazing human being gets to be put in that position to lead that marching band every week. So, yeah. I love it. Adriana? Reporting live from my dining room, Nicole. (laughs) I love (laughs) y'all. Let me just tell you. ESU's college marching band makes history with Grammy nomination. Come on. <laughs> yes. I love that. Um, <clears throat> the Urban Hymnal nomination for Best Roots Gospel yeah. Album marks the first time a college marching band has been nominated in that category. Mm. Good for them that is so exciting um gospel songwriter and producer sir the baptist had come to nashville in october of 2021 to hear tennessee uh tennessee state marching university aristocat of marching bands perform during homecoming at the invitation of assistant band director larry jenkins um so yeah, they got a Grammy nomination. Good for them. That's the first. And, like they're the first. Yeah, yeah. Like that's really good. Like that is so exciting. Like having a Grammy nomination. That that's good. Can you imagine? I mean, well, I don't really know, but like when they went to go and accept the like, if they were all to go up there <laughs> and accept it. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been, right been like, "Get me on the mic. I gotta." Stop. But you know, I, I think that so. all of them will get an actual trophy. I think they everybody will. involved gets an actual Grammy trophy. They do. They do. Can you? And they get on their wall. Oh my right. goodness! Like, I would have an entire room dedicated for that trophy. I'd be like, "Here's my Grammy." Here's my Grammy. <laughs> yes. you not, you'll see my Grammy. <laughs> the picture lord i love it (laughs) well yeah (laughs) literally oh my goodness trevor what you got Uh, i have a little something something for the for the culture here we go um do you like books you like books about african-americans do you like books about african-americans and their fife and drum music you're in do you love Tennessee? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if you love all those things, I have I have the uh, the Nets read for you. Hey guys, check out John M. Shaw's uh, new book called "Following the Drums: 
All right. So following the drums is a breakdown of these, uh, the, 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 the uh, kind of like the Tennessee and what it was like for uh, folks like near like the civil war um, t- era to kind of perform this uh, fife and drum music. And it kind of discovers like the roots of it, the hardships of, you know, f- the performers, um, and, and it's just a really, really, really great read. Um, we, we were able to kind of find this article uh, presented by uh, the Syncopated Times. The Syncopated Times yeah. uh, wrote this article. Uh, Joe uh, Bepcom uh, wrote this article about it. And he and he really just kind of goes into uh, uh, depth about um, this this new this new book that's coming out. And I think that. You know, if you have if you're a history buff and you love uh, discussing um, about uh, discussing reading about, you know, this American fife and drum music and and its in its origins, kind of like in Tennessee in the Rocky Mountain region. This is the this is a book for you. I mean, I think Shaw delivers it um, this information in a very concise way uh, through about 250 pages um, and. Um, using the keyword uh, searches on the digitized um, period newspapers, a process mm-hmm. that would have taken a, a long time. He illustrates, you know, very vividly the story of the African-American fife and drum music in Tennessee um, um, during that Civil War period uh, through his last grasp um, at, at rural pittance in, in the 1980s. So there's a long history, a long timeline that he really kind of goes through and and, and takes you along that journey, uh, spanning over uh, that that time period. And I, and I really suggest that everyone kind of goes and 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 takes a look at it and add and you add it to your musical library. I would love to do that. I'm still. I mean, I'm just kind of dumbfounded that like during the Civil War, you know, there is black people that were doing fife and drum, and. You know what I mean? With everything else that was happening on top of that and performing and perfecting that. If you stop and think about it, even during that time, the black people have always been the entertainers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that, that would, that would put them in the musical part of it all. You know, just put, just put him on the drums. He'll be okay. Yeah. You know, We can't, we can't waste any bodies doing anything else. Put them on the drums. So he and, and through his through uh, Shaw's work in this, to, you know, specifically talking about Tennessee, right? They they mm-hmm. they talk about how he forged you like this this new this new pathway for for other history buffs from other states to talk about how the um, African American fife and drum music has been inspired in. Um, influence you know other states whether it be like louisiana kentucky alabama georgia so like other folks who have that kind of research interest are now jumping um into the into the party and joining in uh with mr shaw so i mean that's that's incredibly encouraging that lets you know that it takes that it just takes one person opening that door right right to lead the way for for others to walk through it so um, this is a perfect example of it, and and you, you're not going to find a better read, Nicole, in my opinion. Oh, I can't wait to read it. All right, Ricardo. 
I am so excited. As a former marching member of the Cavaliers Drum and Bugle Corps, after 76 years as being an organization, mm. the Cavaliers have named Robert Baker Hargrove as their CEO. Woo. Yeah, yeah, this is this is big time, guys. And, you know, Robert lives in Florida. I don't know Robert personally. I'm hoping that one day I'll get invited over for dinner. I will drive the two hours over to have dinner with him. <laughs> he is a living well, legend. brothers I, now, yeah. That was great saying. Well, I mean, we've been brothers since I marched in 2001. But, you know, um, he, you know, comes from a long line of Cavaliers. He marched the Corps back in the day in 1992. I remember seeing pictures of him in my history books from the Cavaliers because, you know, there were not that many of us that marched the drum corps. So (laughs) we had to know who else was through all the years. Mm -hmm. Uh, (laughs) Robert comes to the Cavaliers after a 24-year career with the Walt Disney Company. Um, He was a proprietor, a producer, a resource manager, a choreographer, a production manager for numerous shows, raids, and special events. Mm -hmm. Um, He also taught the Boston Crusaders in 2005 and 2006. He teaches or has taught um, as a movement instructor and a uh, design consultant for numerous high school bands, color guards, dance teams. Um, And, you know, it is, he is, received so many awards and accolades. He is the recipient of the Marquise Who's Who Champion of Progress for quarter two in 2022 and Fortune Magazine's 2022 Top Professionals. What? Yeah, yeah. I, oh, you're going to get him on the show, right? You're bringing him like, back on? I be his friend in real life. I will drive over. I will take me a casserole dish across I-4, which I hate I-4. But I- <laughs> Go and make sure that I get the opportunity to meet my brother in person. Robert, okay. if you're this, call me, reach out to me. We're brothers. So I you're uh-huh. you're welcome to the house for dinner. So this is real big for them because he is gonna be the first black CEO. Yeah, he is the, the first black CEO of the Cavaliers. Okay. Yeah. I want to also say, I may be stepping out, but I want to say he was on the board previous to this, and I believe he was the first African-American member of the board of directors for the Cavaliers, too. Was he in the color guard? He was in the color guard. Okay. Yeah. So many, I I know, ding all around, ding, ding, ding. I love (laughs) it. Ding dong, baby. (laughs) All right. Oh, gosh. Y'all. I just want to say, first of all, thanks for a great rehearsal this week. And I just want to say thank you to our host. Thank you to Woody. Even though you think I was coming for you, I was not. (laughs) Trevor of Adriana, Ricardo. Ricardo, tell us where uh, we can find, where they can find you. What are your socials? Uh, So my social um, is Ricardo R. Robinson. If you look for me on the Instagram. And the Tiki Taki, I believe it's the same thing, but I don't ever really get on there. <laughs> okay. And how can they find any more information on the Academy? So you can go to the Academy um, page, which is www.arizonaacademy.org. Um, if there are people out there in this world that do color guard and are still looking for spots, um, I, I do believe we're winding down on the brass and percussion auditions. 
Uh, but if you are talented and you want a place to go, by all means, go to the website, again, www.arizonaacademy.org, and um, click on the link for auditions. You can send in a video audition, and we will look at that, and we are still looking for amazing, talented young people to come and join us this summer. Awesome. All right. Special thank you to Tim Green Sr. for sitting down and talking with Woody and having that great interview. Y'all go subscribe, write us a review, share this with a friend, follow us on social media. It's at On A Water Break, and we'll see you at the next rehearsal on a water break. Now go practice. (laughs) Go practice. On a Water Break podcast was produced by Jeremy Williams and Christine Reem. The intro and outro music was produced by Josh Lida. To learn more, visit lidamusic.com. And until next time, thanks for tuning in.